Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Good day, good day, you legends. You're tuning into Stories, Fables, Ghostly Tales, and it's Monday, which means old time Radio Monday, where your tale teller remasters old vintage radio dramas all the way from the 1940s. And of course, Sherlock Holmes is today's remaster, with the episode The Haunting of Sherlock Holmes. Now don't stress, Sherlock is by no means dead, but there is a ghost of sorts, a betrayal within the family, and a spy mission on the side. Jam-packed this one, folks. This episode, though, was heavily damaged, but I've used a new tool to repair it to its former glory. Well, as much as possible. There's a number of blips, cuts, and scratches that are so difficult to remove that I can't remove that issue without taking out a substantial chunk of good audio. This is one of those episodes that I've spent a long time repairing, using unique tools to help me out. Tools completely supported by my Patreon supporters. Today I've used Spectral Repair to literally rebuild. So damn cool, it really is awesome. The only reason you can hear the audio between Sherlock, Watson, Martha Greckett, and the remaining of the cast is solely due to that rebuilding. Because before, it wasn't even actually audible. It's because of tools like this that I can rebuild their voices. Just fascinating, right? And sadly, Nigel Bruce, aka Watson, isn't in this episode, but I gotta say, his stand-in is getting awfully close. Mates, enjoy your episode because I love what I do and I do it for you lovelies. Enjoy. And now let's join our good friend, Dr. Watson. I'm out here on the patio, Mr. Bartell. Well, I see you're making the most of a wonderful evening, Doctor. Oh, oh yes, my boy. It's pleasant to sit out here on a summer's night with a good friend and a pipe, a bottle of wine. Help yourself to a glass and sit down. Thank you, sir. Uh, already with tonight's new Sherlock Holmes adventure, Doctor? Yes, and a strange story it is. It was in the autumn of 1899, Mr. Bartell, that I decided both as doctor and friend that Sherlock Holmes was in desperate need of a holiday. He'd really been overdoing it, huh? Oh, yes, my boy. It'd been an unusually busy year, and at the time my story begins, Holmes was suffering from complete exhaustion. So, my boy, towards the end of October in that year, we found ourselves in the charming city of Kazanlak, capital of the small Balkan kingdom of Groznia. Two nights after our arrival, I remember Pavlo Krosnodar, Groznian minister of police, took us to hear the singing of a certain young Hungarian opera star, Miss Lily Reyna, who was then touring Europe. At our table was her fiancé, the charming young aristocrat, Prince Stefano. And it was very easy to see as he sat there listening to the song that the boy was head over heels in love. It is a haunting melody that she sang, Mr. Bartell. I can almost hear it now. You're a very lucky man, Prince Stefano. Your fiancé's voice matches her beauty. Oh, yes, Dr. Watson. I consider myself the most fortunate man in Grozny. <laughs> he has a magnificent voice, the finest singing I can recall since his friend, Mr. I was thinking of a prima donna of the Warsaw Opera who attained considerable success in London, Miss Irene Adler. Oh, by George, yes. 
She was a criminal, one of the few that outwitted you, Holmes. Oh, that was a case that would have interested you, Mr. Krasnodar. I'm familiar with it, my dear doctor. You are unusually solemn tonight, Krasnodar. Have a glass of wine and I will bring Lily to our table and we will toast our happiness. I'm afraid I cannot drink to that toast, Prince Stefano. Why not? Oh, I know why. You, the notorious lady killer of Grotznir, are jealous. You're in love with Lily yourself. Oh. Prince Stefano, I have sad news for you. I have come here tonight, but for one purpose. To arrest your fiancé. Huh? No, I'm joking. It is far from a joke. At my ministry, we have evidence, conclusive evidence, that Miss Lily Reyna is a spy. Spy? Good lord. And the people are spying in Groznia? Ah, that, my friend, is why I would drink no toast. In Groznia, the penalty for espionage is death. I know, but Holmes, you must do something to save that girl. You can't just turn in for the night without trying to help her in some way. You might shoot her in the morning. Cousin Adol's no fool. Since he's made the arrest, obviously he has a watertight case against the girl. Uh, oh, 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 one last pipe. You know, Holmes, I couldn't understand her fiancé's behavior. He didn't do a thing. Just stood there and let Krasnodar arrest the girl. Uh, what could he have done? Krasnodar is commissioner of police. There was no point in arguing with him until the evidence had been examined. Mm. I imagine the prince will try and pull some political strings. After all, Grosny... Go in! Come in! Oh, who's this? Oh, you wish to speak to me? Mr. Sherlock Holmes, I've come to talk to you about my baby. My name is Martha Greggett. Your baby? Oh, Mr. Holmes, don't... Oh, my baby, she is 20 years old, and she is flaxen-haired and beautiful. Oh, oh, that's entirely different matter. We'd be delighted to help you, delighted. Sit down, won't you? On whose behalf have you come to me? Poor Lily Rayner. Lily Rayner? Well, that's the girl who's arrested tonight. I am only her dresser. And yet I, Martha Greggett, am her mother and father. I have toured Europe with her ever since she left Vienna. She sent you to me tonight, I suppose? Yes, Mr. Mm. Holmes. She said you would understand. Hmm. What did she mean by that, I wonder? She said that Mr. Holmes would take care that a talent like hers should not perish. Just because she had broken a few laws. In other words... She wishes me to establish her innocence in the same breath as she confesses her guilt. I'm afraid I don't take that sort of plan. Good night to you. Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson. I am glad that you came to my office this morning. I can show you the proof of Miss Lily Rayner's guilt. As distinguished foreigners, I should like you to know that Though the penalty for political crimes is swift and severe, we are most careful that the incriminating evidence is beyond question. Uh, you see these letters? Yes. Yeah. We found them sewed into the bodies of her gowns. Oh, good gracious me. There are a series of highly dangerous letters from Yosef, the uh, leader of the Revolutionary Party with whom she is uh, obviously hand in glove. But uh, here you may examine them if you wish. Uh, right. They look like Greek to me. My knowledge of the Grosnian language is far from perfect, but these letters certainly seem to incriminate their owner beyond doubt. Uh, you will observe that the, the letters have followed her to each of the cities in which she has been singing. All of them ask questions as to the military garrisons and the chances of a successful revolution. Hmm. She has been a dangerous spy. Yes, I can see that, sir, but even so, isn't the death penalty excessively severe, particularly for a woman? Dr. Watson... The Balkan states are a hotbed of European intrigue. Our penalties must be severe, 
and we cannot make concessions to the sex of a culprit. Mm. Yosip, the writer of these letters, have you been able to find any trace of him? None. If only we could. But we have never even seen the man. However, we are fortunate to trap his assistant, and apparently the lady of his choice. Lady of his choice? But she was engaged to Prince Stefano. Uh, undoubtedly a blind. In their home, we found an unsigned love letter in English. It was in the same handwriting as these letters from Yosef. Are you satisfied, Watson? Well, I suppose... Obviously, she's guilty. Well, there's no place for me in this affair, particularly when you consider that she made a virtual concession in sending her dresser to me last night. No, I suppose you're right, but just the same. To trap this man, Yosef, I should think you'd be wiser to hold the girl as a hostage. It might bring him on the scene of... He's afraid she'll talk. If you hang her, you, you'll never find him. Dr. Watson, in my country we found that prompt justice gets the best result. And for your edification, we do not hang in Grozny. No? The death penalty is exacted at the hands of a firing squad. And when does the execution to take place? You have timed your visit well, my friend. Please to step onto the balcony. Oh, yeah. I, uh... I think that answers your question, Mr. Holmes. Great Scott. Against the wall, blindfolded with the firing squad before her. It's Lily Rayner. Grosnian justice indeed moves swiftly, Mr. Krasnodar. Has to, my friend. Capitano! What's pretty tall? Great heaven, I can't watch this. I don't care what she's done. I don't want to see it. One, two, three, two. She's crumbled to the ground. See a woman executed even if she is a spy. May all traitors to Groznia die as swiftly. But what a loss. Her beautiful voice. Yes, her beautiful voice. Uh, shall we go in, gentlemen? You know, Holmes, I can still see that poor girl as she crumbled before the firing squad. So can I, old chap. Oh. That's her song you're playing, isn't it? Yes. The melody still haunts me. You blame me, don't you? Oh, oh, blame you for what? For not preventing her death. Oh, of course I don't blame you, Holmes. The girl was guilty. Grosnian law prescribes the death penalty for her crime. After all, what could you have done about it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yet? Yet what? I wonder if she was right. I wonder if artistry such as hers isn't of greater value to humanity than spying in any cause. Well, it's not much good worrying about that now, is it? The girl's dead and buried. What's the matter, Holmes? Did you hear that? I hear what? I swear that I heard the dead girl's voice. She was singing a song to my accompaniment. Oh, oh dear me. Your nurse must be in a very bad state, Holmes. Cheering voices indeed. You'd better turn in for the night. Perhaps. It's a... Well, it may be more my conscience than my nerves. I'll give you a sleeping draft if you like. No, 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 my dear Shepita. I'm all right. It's, it's funny, though. I could have sworn that... Oh, well. 
Play some more of that tune, will you, Holmes? This time, eh, Watson? Of course I did. It was her voice. There's no mistaking it. Holmes, I don't believe in ghosts, and yet I could swear... Listen. Good Lord, it is her. Do not let them go unpunished. They kill me. Who are you? Where are you? The air about you. Avenge my death. Strike a match, Watson. Strike a match. Strike the gas. There in the moonlight, moving past the window. It's the figure of that girl that was shot today. Match, Watson. I got the door. There. Gas is lighted, but she's vanished, Holmes. Not by means of this door. We're standing in front of it. And there's no exit from the room. Holmes, I don't like this. We're dabbling in the supernatural. Uh, stop trembling, Watson. Whatever the explanation for this may be, one thing at least I find quite fascinating. And what's that? It's the first time in my career that I've ever had a ghost for a client. Well, Dr. Watson, so you had a ghostly visitor calling on you at the hotel that night, huh? Yes, my boy. And I confess I was so badly shaken by the experience that I, I hardly slept a wink all night. Well, the next morning, after an early breakfast, Holmes and I located the proprietor of our hotel and began to question him as to the history of the building. I admire the architecture of this building ever since you, uh, ever since we came here. A house of this period would uh, undoubtedly have been built with secret passages and staircases. I confess that I know of one secret staircase there. There may well be others. Indeed, and um, where's the one you know of? Do you wish to explore it, gentlemen? Oh, very much. My friend and I are most interested in such things. Follow me, please. These stairs lead to our wine cellars. Thousands of feet have tramped up and down these steps. Only a select few know that behind this tapestry here, gentlemen, is apparently a solid wall. But the wall is not solid. You have a match, perhaps. Oh, yes, of course. Here you are. We keep a candle here in this niche for just such an occasion as this. So, please hold back tapestries. Oh, I, I've got it. Thank you. Now, let me see. One, two, three, four. The fourth brick up from the stair. I press it so, and... Look, Holmes. Great Scott, a section of the wall swinging up. Closing a stairway behind it. Ingenious. There, gentlemen. Allow me to give you the candle. But uh, aren't you going to lead the way? Uh, no, sir, I'm not going to lead the way, thank you. I have owned this old gun for 30, 10 years, and yet I have never explored this stairway. I... Why, sir? Is it reputed to be haunted? Mm, yes, it is supposed to be haunted. I, uh, the candle, mm, gentlemen. Thank you, I'm much obliged to you. Come on, Watson. Uh, I shall wait here. I don't think I care for this, Holmes. Might be dark in here. Damp and moldy, too. Look, Watson, look here. Where's well, landing? Landing? Well, nothing but dust, dust and cobweb. A closer old chap. There's the faint imprint of a woman's heel here. Huh. Oh, my George, yes. Shoes that have gone both up and down these stairs in the last 24 hours. Exactly. And there's a reverse print over here. 
This, my dear chap, I think accounts for the appearance and disappearance of our visitor last night. It's been hopes it was the singer, Lily Rayner. Yet we saw her shot yesterday morning. Rubbish, what's rubbish? What are we to do with walking corpses? Come on, old fellow. Let's see where this stairway leads us to. Oh, but then what did we see if we didn't see a ghost last night? That, my dear chap, is what we have to find out. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Staircase in. Yeah, well strange. Yes, and against a blank wall. That doesn't make sense. And yet the entrance to this stairway was an apparent blank wall too, remember? Let's see if the same formula will do the same trick here. Uh, what was it? Oh, yes. One, two, three, four. Yeah, four bricks up from the step. I press so and... Open sesame. Oh, all swinging back again. What do we see? Another tapestry. A tapestry that uh, is very familiar. Well, I should say so. This hidden door leads into your very own bedroom. Exactly, though. my dear chap. Now we know beyond doubt how the apparent ghost made her appearance last night. Don't you suppose it must have been someone impersonating the dead that, girl? That, my dear fellow, is a question that can only be answered by calling on her fiancé, Prince Stefano. Let's go over and see him at once, shall we? Prince Stefano, I'd just like to intrude upon your personal tragedy, but I must ask you a few questions. Ask your question. Did your fiancée have a sister, a sister who may have resembled her? No. She had no living relatives at all, Mr. Holmes. Well, tell me this. Who inherits her estate, sir? Her dresser. A faithful old woman by the name of Mr. Gregert, who looked after her for some years. I see. Did Miss Rayner have an understudy? As a singer, she could have no understudy. She was irreplaceable. You say as a singer. Uh, was she also an actress? Oh, but yes, Mr. Holmes. Oh, really? How very unusual for an opera singer. Oh, quite wasn't please. The first time I saw her was in Tosca. She, she was not another bear now, but her performance was very promising one, considering her age. In my country, of course, she was not able to appear in anything but opera because, because she could not speak Grossman. She didn't speak Grossman? Now I have the answer. The answer? Yes, to what? To this entire story, from the arrest of your fiancée to certain strange visitations at my hotel last night. What do you mean, Mr. Holmes? If you come to my hotel room tonight, my dear Prince, I can safely promise to make the whole matter clear to you. And I dare go a little further. I think that I can even help you to find consolation in your bereavement. Ladies and gentlemen, I can see that you wonder why Dr. Watson and I have asked you to come here to our hotel tonight. As Minister of Police, I should be stupid if I did not realize that since your other two guests are the Prince Stefano and Martha Gregor, the dead girl's dresser, that this meeting has some bearing on the execution of Miss Lily Rayner. I should prefer to say her murder. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you please, I should like to make my own position in this matter quite clear. Two nights ago, you, Martha came to me on behalf of Miss Rayner to solicit my aid. I, convinced that she was guilty, refused that aid. Yesterday morning, she died before a firing squad. Last night, her ghost appeared to me here in this room and asked me to avenge her death. A ghost? What nonsense are you talking? It would be no surprise to me if her poor murdered soul came back from the grave to ask for justice, sir. I saw her, my good woman. Almost as clearly as I see you all now. I agree with Krasnodar. To talk of ghosts is beyond now, belief. Please let me finish. When I have... This visitation last night, I decided to investigate the case thoroughly. I did so today, and I can assure you that Miss Rayner paid for a crime she did not commit. What grounds do you have for saying that, Mr. Holmes? The letters that were supposedly written to her were in the Groznian language, and yet today Prince Stefano informed me that she could not appear in the theater here 
because she did not speak the language. Those letters were sewed into her body's home. That's true, my dear fellow. And who was the only person who had the opportunity to do that? The same person who came to me two nights ago and succeeded in convincing me that Miss Rayner was guilty, her own dresser, and supposed friend. Are you suggesting that I'm that suggesting I... that you inherited her estate on her death. That you would have lost that inheritance if she had married and had a family of her own. What do you have to say in answer to that, Martin? That I am among madmen. This talk of ghosts proves it. Very well, then. Let the ghosts support my theories. Hand me the violin, will you, Watson, old fellow? Yes, of Thank you. Now... Turn down the gaslight. Right, sure. That's it. And listen. Yes. Yes. That's her voice. Well, that's her figure standing there in the moonlight. She doesn't know she's dead. Now what do you say, Martha? Aren't you responsible for our deaths? If our ghost can sing, I'm sure it can also talk. I did do it. The letters belong to me. I sacrificed my own baby for clones. May heaven have mercy on my soul. Confession in front of four witnesses. Why not take it away, Krasnodar? We'll testify later. I will. Come with me, Martha. I killed my own baby. I deserve to die. But shall I... Shall I turn up the gas holes? Ask Prince Stefano. No. Do not turn it up. I've seen... And heard the ghost of my beloved when the lights were down. I'm not afraid. Please play her melody again, Mr. Holmes. Aren't you afraid, Prince Stefano? Why should I be afraid? Lily, my beloved, your spirit I know can be no evil one. I love it, that I love you, Lizzie. The pleasure of love lasts but an instant. Love's regrets last for a lifetime. This is now my lifetime, brightened by your gracious ghost. I'm sure this is a very touching scene, but it's getting uh, dreadfully maudlin. All right, Miss Rayner, you may come from behind the tapestry now. What's an old chap? Turn up the gaslight, there's a good fellow. Right, you are home. Prince Stefano, permit me to reintroduce you to your far from ghostly fiance, Miss Lily Rayner. Really? My beloved, you, you are not dead. No, I am not dead. Though I cannot see how Sherlock Holmes fathomed my secret. Uh, and there, my dear young lady, you are in exactly the same boat as I. Surely the answer is obvious. You gave me the key yourself, Prince Stefano. Gee, but how, Mr. Holmes? When you informed me that Miss Rayner had once played the title role in Tosca. Tosca? What's that got to do with anything? Consider Holmes? the plot, Watson. A minister of police who is very susceptible to a lady's charms arranges a false execution. Knowing Mr. Krasnodar's weakness, Miss Raynard, you prevailed upon him to do likewise. Huh. Well, then the whole execution was a piece of pantomime. The rifles must have contained blank. That's right, old fellow. What should have heightened my suspicion, Miss Raynard, was the fact that at the moment of your apparent death, Mr. Krasnodar quoted a line from Tosca. He said, what an artist. I was not perceptive enough at the time to evaluate the remark correctly, I'm afraid. When the simulated execution took place, you were free, but uh, assumed dead. But... Why should I indulge in such a trick, Mr. Holmes? You reason that um, had you come to me directly, I might easily have turned you over as a fugitive from justice. When you decided to dramatize the situation and appear last night as an apparent ghost, you knew it would, well, at the very least, stimulate my curiosity. It caused me to investigate the matter and possibly to learn the truth and clear you from suspicion. Well, yes, but Holmes, if she's innocent, how about the, the love letter in English, which was in the handwriting of Yossip, the revolutionary leader? Well, I can see only one explanation for that. 
You, Prince Stefano, are that mysterious revolutionary Josip. Stefano? Oh, no, no, that is not possible. Mr. Holmes, you are a visitor in my country. I do not suppose you will be staying here much longer. Stefano, all these months you deceive me. Silence, Lily. For men, I hope for your own sake you will not be staying here much longer. Hmm. I've been threatened by far more imposing adversaries than you, Prince Stefano. I suggest that you leave my room. It's none of my business dabbling in Groznian political affairs. Your secret is safe. In any case, I came to Groznia for a holiday. Goodbye. Oh. Goodbye, Mr. Holmes. Well, my soul, Holmes, if we were in London, you wouldn't behave in this offhand way. But we're in Groznia, old chap, aren't we? Hand me the violin, will you? Well, here you are. <laughs> you know, Watson, uh, I've only had professional dealings with two singers in my life. The first was... Irene Adler, and she fooled me, oh, so cleverly. And this singer tried to fool you and feel dismally. <laughs> Seems to me the scores oh. are not even. Oh, oh, chap, no. This one was an amateur. Irene Adler will always be... the woman. <laughs> ah, well, I think that's enough excitement for one day, don't you? After all, I am supposed to be taking a holiday. Doctor, that was a swell story. And I'll bet that you were a lot more interested in the beautiful Lily than your story tonight would have us believe. <laughs> well, of course I'm interested in a beautiful woman. But then what man isn't? <laughs> Check. <laughs> but don't worry about me, Mr. Bartell. You know, a family man, I just naturally associate a beautiful woman and hope. And that makes me think of hospitality. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, according to you, I'm interested in home life. You, you're primarily interested in wine. Put us together, and we're interested in... Wine in the home. <laughs> Isn't that an important part of hospitality? <laughs> that I admit. But remember, my interest in wine is entirely an interest in good wine. In Petri wine, to be exact. Because I know all about Petri wine. I know that the Petri family has been making wine for generations. With the Petri family, the growing of perfect sun-ripened grapes... The art of turning those grapes into fragrant, delicious wine is a heritage. It's a heritage handed down from father to son. The skills of those generations of winemaking are evident in every drop of Petri wine. The name Petri on a bottle of wine is more than a trademark. It's the personal assurance of the Petri family that Petri wine is always good wine. But you'll discover that for yourself. You'll learn that no matter what type wine you prefer, you like it better when it's a Petri wine, because Petri took time to bring you good wine. Well, Dr. Watson, what new Sherlock Holmes adventure do you have lined up for us next week? Uh, next week, Mr. Bartell, I'm going to tell you a most unusual story in which Sherlock Holmes crossed swords with a famous Frenchman and proved that although the English have been called a nation of shopkeepers, that a murder did not always prove to be a good bargain. Tonight's Sherlock Holmes adventure was written by Dennis Green and Anthony Boucher 
and was suggested by an incident in the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle story, The Sussex Vampire. Music is by Dean Fossler. Mr. Rathbone appears through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, and tonight, Dr. Watson was played by Mr. Joe Kearns, who substituted for Mr. Nigel Bruce. Mr. Bruce is scheduled to return to the program next week. The Petri Wine Company of San Francisco, California, invites you to tune in again next week, same time, same station. Sherlock Holmes comes to you from our Hollywood studio. This is Harry Bartell saying goodnight for the Petri family. For a solid hour of exciting mystery dramas, listen every Monday on most of these same stations at 8 o'clock to Michael Shane, followed immediately by Sherlock Holmes. This is the Mutual Broadcasting Folks, what an interesting twist. The spy all along was our main guy, Stefano, who dares to threaten Sherlock. <laughs> I mean, the gall on that guy. This man, Sherlock, who he's just met, helped you uncover a rather insidious conspiracy, and then your first point of call is to directly threaten the man who unraveled your plans. I never understood that method of thinking. Let's threaten the person who outsmarted took apart and analyzed and essentially thwarted your plans completely for fun. <laughs> Goodness, looks like Sherlock needs more supporters, you know? If only he was just as lucky as I am with my Patreon supporters. First up is the marvelous and fantastic Odinite Titan that is Maya, queen of cats and queen of old time radio for sure. Thanks to your support, we're all hearing this 1940s episode clearly. Albeit a little dinged in some areas, that's for sure. The original though was vastly different. It's day versus night, folks, in quality. Thank you, Maya, for being amazing and supporting the show as you do. You're exceptional and very, very special. This show wouldn't be the same without your support. Thanks, mate. My white tea warlord, Leza Bauer, a huge happy birthday to you, mate. And thank you for your amazing support, Dudio. Your kindness and support to this show means I was able to use some new software plugins for RX Studio. The software that I use to edit and repair audio, which lets me remaster audio after it's been tweaked and cleaned. Neutron 3 is what it's called, and it's a blaster of a tool. Thank you, mate, for supporting me to grab a tool like this. Every episode is better because of it. Cheers, man. And my second white tea warlord, Paige Kramer. Paige, you awesome lady, you. Mate, with your support this week, I've nabbed some more sound effects, more music, and I'm working hard on more research for some crime episodes. Nothing quite like true crime, right? But in saying that, Paige, your support is going to help make those episodes super clean and sharp. Thanks a lot, Paige. And my awesomely brilliant Earl Grey enforcers, I'm lucky to have Just Heather, Juicebox Andy, Peter Affili, Dolphin and Cow, Michelangelo Yacone, divided by zero, and Leah Fassig. Thank you all for listening. Send my chipper self to those who you think would enjoy the show. And for all of you lovelies that have started your week, have a brilliant Monday. As always, folks, till next we meet.